Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fabulous Three. That is myself, Miss Tam, and my man, Front Row Kitty. How are you guys doing today? What it do, booze? What it do? I feel like this is our first, like, I don't know. I'm hyped for this podcast. For the last couple of weeks, you know, Renee and I hit that wall every NASCAR season around this time where we're like, oh, my God, we're yep. over it. And to yep. be honest, I say this all the time. We love NASCAR, but I'm honest. I'm tired of talking about it around this time. But <laughs> I feel super energetic. Now, maybe it's because of the crazy conversation we had prior to this call and us getting on talking about some NASCAR. <laughs> and for those who are curious, we had a whole conversation about L.A., L.A. County, Inglewood, which is where the new stadium is for the Chargers, as well as some drag queens. And that is some typical L.A. S.H.I.T. And I'm going to leave it at that. Kenny, yep. what did it do? How was your weekend? Yeah, so I'm in a pretty good mood, actually. I'm fired up at the same time because of last night's race uh, for a lot of reasons, which for a change, y'all might actually hear me rant aside alongside with Tam as well. <laughs> but um, other than that, honestly, I had a pretty, pretty chill weekend. And for a change, the weather hasn't been that bad out here. It rained a couple days before Friday, but now... It's been under 80 degrees. It's been in like that 70 degree mark. To me, that's like damn near perfect at this time of the year. It's just right. It's not too hot, but it's warm enough to, you know, if this was regular times, be outside, do what you got to do. No issues at all. It's not hot. So I'm all right with that. (laughs) How was y'all weekend? I'll let Renee tell you about the weather here. It went from being 120 degrees and I've actually been closing my windows and wearing my pajamas yeah, I've been a little chilly the last you. couple of nights. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, and the air quality is horrible. Yeah, so so, so I heard about that actually. Yeah, you know, Kenny, I, I, Kenny, and, and Tam Tam knows this because we we live uh, uh, practically in, in in the same city, uh, and and even though that we're on uh, kind of opposite ends of the city, it still affects the city as a whole. But she is correct. It, it, the weather has been less than, you know, amazing. Uh, as, pe- as most people think Los Angeles weather is perfect. It hasn't really been that perfect at all. So where I live and, uh, in, in, as far as where, where, where Tam lives, uh, the weather has been horrible only because of the fires that have been going on. Now I'm closer to the fires than Tam is. So with that being said, where I live, the it looks cloudy, but it's not cloudy. It looks foggy. It's not foggy. It's smoky. The fires are uh, terrible. Uh, I give a shout out to all the firefighters and the first responders out there that are continuously keeping us safe, that are continuously trying to put those fires out. I can't imagine what they have to go through on a, a, a daily basis of trying to keep those fires under control. But the air quality is horrendous. It's horrific. You look up over at the sun, it's red because you can tell the pollution is just absolutely horrific. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just downright hot. 
And then the last couple of nights, I don't know about Tam, I don't know about in your area, but it was really cold. And you, you, you want to, these are the times that you would like to leave your windows open, sleep with the windows open, but you can't because of the air quality. You can smell smoke. You have to close your windows. You have to continuously let that bill, that electricity bill just run amok. And you just don't know what to do. And, and Tam, I know you live kind of further away from the fires than I do, but I would imagine that the air quality is still pretty bad where you're at as well. Am I, am I, am I correct? You are Correctamundo, and that Kenny wouldn't know what Correctamundo is, but is that from <laughs> Laverne and Shirley? That's like some old something that used to be said back in the day. It's either from Happy Days or Laverne and Shirley. Either way, it's before Kenny's time, but somebody who's listening <laughs> yeah. may know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, no, it's actually pretty wild because... My car is covered in ashes and spider webs. Wow. It's covered in spider webs because I don't drive that much. And it's covered in ashes because it's just crazy. Now, I live closer to the beach. In all honesty, I probably live seven minutes from the beach, eight minutes. Well, actually, no, I'm telling a story. I live further than that. I was thinking in miles. I live seven or eight miles from the beach, but I live... In terms of minutes, I guess that's about 12 or 13 minutes. I'm no, I don't know. I'm guesstimating. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a big guesstimate. <laughs> okay. But I, I guess it's about accurate. Yeah. No, it's accurate. But saying that to say, I've made a mistake. I hadn't been out the house. And if you guys don't know about the video I posted, shout out to Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari as well as Mercedes. But I talked about it on the Twitter as well as on the Instagram about, you know, owning a Mercedes, but not having any Mercedes Benz gear, but having a lot of Ferrari gear. So later on that day, you know, I was feeling good about myself and I was tired of being cooped up in the house. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump in my car, put on my Ferrari gear and drop the top on my car. And that's what I did. And only after I had been driving all day, it clicked to me. What was I thinking driving with all this smoke with my top down, all these ashes? So that was pretty horrible. But with that being said, we'll still be talking. We have so much to talk about. We have a lot of NASCAR to talk about, but I also want to give a shout out to the NFL season yeah. because we are back, baby. Yes, we sir. are recording this podcast on a Sunday. Hopefully we'll get it up by Monday. And we are recording before the Cowboys because Renee... And Kenny have to watch the Cowboys. <laughs> you better know it. So. You better know it. I think that's so we're right. getting it in before then. I think that's part of, of uh, Tim. I was going to tell you at the beginning. I think that's part of why you're so energized because it's the first weekend of Christmas, which we call football season. And uh, secondly, I think Kenny. I, Kenny, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Kenny real quick because Kenny, you, uh, I think, kind of give us the energy to to keep going through the uh, NASCAR season. Uh, even through the playoffs, brother, because like like Tam said earlier in the podcast, by this time, me and Tam are exhausted. We're tired. We just want to hurry. We want the playoffs to hurry up and just get it over with. But 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 I think there's something about you being on our podcast that gives us a little bit of energy. I want to give a shout out to your brother because you really help us get through these uh, uh, playoffs and these last several podcasts of the season, man. So thank you for being uh, on with us, brother. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Kenny, because... What Renee said was 100% <laughs> right. It would not I be happening it. Yeah, man. if it wasn't for you. 
And also, too, because we have bat like, okay, we're going to talk NASCAR, but I just want to make this one point. It is bananas right now. We, this weekend, we had the Lake show as in the Lakers. So we're at NBA playoffs. And we know that everything is a little bit off balance because of COVID. But there was the Lakers. There was the U.S. Open. You had, I think there was a UFC fight. Yeah, there was UFC fighting yeah. this weekend. Yeah, that was, it's really crazy what's happening with the UFC. Shout out to whatever the situation Connor McGregor has gotten himself into because that guy just cannot stay out of trouble. Yeah. And what else? Something else crazy happened. So Connor McGregory, Connor McGregory, if you guys don't know, has been arrested. Allegedly, nobody has the story correct. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta. That's a whole mm-hmm. nother thing. Oh, shout out to Rondo's brother. Who got ejected? How the hell do you get ejected? <laughs> you know from yeah, a- if you can explain that to me, somebody, I'm like, you know, yeah, like you know, and and the thing is, it's like <laughs> Russell Westbrook is a jaw japper, but he can back it up, and he will fight you. Yeah, but the fact that they were going at it, and I, Rondo's brother was talking smack, as the old folks would say. During the game, and because there are no fans in the stand, Russell somebody heard got, Somebody got to talk smack, right? <laughs> yeah. But for him, it doesn't make sense because Rondo's brother works for the NBA, or he's working in the bubble. He's in charge of the barbers and the hairstylists or whatever else yeah. they got going on. Right. The question is, will he be kicked out of the bubble? For his conduct, or will it just be dismissed for what it was? He was just talking crap. It's just that Russell heard it. Yeah, Kenny. Now I don't know about you, and I know we'll get into some NASCAR here in a minute. But but Kenny, I I uh, I would imagine that it, it now fr- from my personal viewpoint, I would imagine that they would uh, probably remove him from being uh, anywhere near the court, uh, so that they don't have to uh, 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 deal with this issue again. I don't think that he'll be, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, kicked out of the bubble, but I would, I would imagine that they would have to remove him from trying to be anywhere near the court because uh, it, it's, it's one thing when, when fans are there and, and you know fans uh, are part of the game. They're right there on the court. They have access to being uh, right there near the, the, the players. But in this particular case, it's in the bubble and you still f- try to find yourself talking smack to a to an NBA player who's on the court who's actually playing and you are not an NBA player you are not you're a brother of an NBA player you are not an NBA player so i would imagine they would at least try to remove him from anywhere near the games uh but i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine that they would uh, uh get him out of the bubble is that what you see or do you see him did you see them actually getting rondo's brother out of the bubble well i think they should be safe by this point cuz the Houston Rockets are now going going to Cancun at this point because their season is done. Okay, you don't have um, to go that that far, but let's let's. let's... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's his Houston Rockets. Yeah, that, that's right. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I, I had look, listen, y'all beat OKC in Game Seven, so I, I had to do that. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I, I kind of figured you were gonna have to throw a jab in. <laughs> I, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I'd be, I, I wouldn't be me if I didn't do that no, to some well, degree, but. <laughs> Um, I doubt they're going to, I highly doubt they're going to do anything further than that. I think he'll probably end up staying in the bubble, but I'm sure like from this point on, they're going to be a little bit tighter and he's probably not going to say right. as much, but 
Yeah, I really wish that we had this LA series coming up for the for the Western Conference Finals in person, though, because I feel like that would have been insane. Like, I mean, absolutely insane. Yep, I agree with that. It will always be the Lake Show. Yeah. Even after Clippers win, this city was built on the Lake Show. Yep, absolutely. So you won't ever understand unless you were raised in L.A. You know, like James Worthy, I was a little bitty girl, but James Worthy was like my first ever crush. Like, that's real talk. Hey, listen, I lived in Houston uh, practically almost all my life. I was a diehard Rockets fan from the get-go, from the Twin Towers to, uh, you know, to uh, even way back in the day when we had Elvin Hayes. I can tell you this, Tam and Kenny, and I was a small kid myself, but there was nothing like watching the Lake Show on TV. I mean, from James Worthy to Michael, uh, I mean, to Magic Johnson, uh, to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, to Michael Cooper. I mean, to all of those guys, there was nothing like watching the Lake Show on 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 television. And and any time that they beat the Boston Celtics and Larry Bird, it was just the best. Kurt Rambis, don't forget. Yeah, Kurt. Can't, can't forget I mean, Kurt Rambis in them goggles. Yes, it it was just a different era back then. And the Lakers brought Showtime. It was like Paula Abdul was on the sideline, you know, dancing. It yeah, was just man. like it. You know what? There'll never be another Lake Show and there'll like never that. be another Cowboys because you think about the Cowboys and their cheerleaders in that era and how that developed. So when people say the Cowboys are America's team, you think about that era. And yeah, even absolutely. though most of us were young, we don't know much about what it was like back then. That legacy has continued. Yeah. But speaking of legacy, let's jump into some NASCAR talk. Here we we're go. 15 let's minutes do it. into this podcast, and we have not said anything about NASCAR except repeatedly saying, let's jump into some NASCAR talk. So we are going to jump into some NASCAR talk on the word legacy because somebody is building their legacy in the playoffs. And who that is, I'm not sure. But I am sure of the results, and I will tell you how it went down in Richmond. Here we go. Top 10, Bad Brad. And, oh, I, I guess we're not calling him Bad Brad anymore, but Brad Keselowski, Patriotic Brad. That's his new name. He came in number one. And I believe somebody picked Brad Keselowski to win. Well, it wasn't me, so I'm assuming you must be tooting your own horn. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it was, I, I, I thought it was either you or Kenny, because uh, I picked, I think, Joey Logano. Uh, as my alternative pick, but I remember somebody picking uh, Kislowski as the winner, and I couldn't. I, and I and if I if I remember correctly, it was either you or uh, Kenny. I picked a four, so I think so because I know okay, last yeah, week yeah. you picked okay, Hamlin and um right. Then that's what it Hamlin was. Hamlin and and Harvick. That's what you picked, Tam. Of course, that's who I picked because I'll that's take who that I'm though. Pick every week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Martin Truex came in second. Joy Logano third. Austin Dillon. Take that, take that, you Austin haters. He came in fourth. Chase Elliott, fifth. Kyle Busch, sixth. Kevin Harvick, seventh. Eric Amarola, eighth. Alex Bowman, ninth. And Clint Boyer, tenth. So all top ten are all playoff drivers. Notables, because every week we're going to tell you what Jimmy and Matt are doing until the end. And Matt Kenseth came in sixteenth. And Jimmy Johnson came in 31st, so it just has not gotten better for Jimmy. And sadly, he's running out of time to win a race in his last season. 
other notables, and these are all playoff drivers who were out of the top 10 or outside of the top 10. Looks like we have Denny Hamlin, who was either my pick or alternative. Mm -hmm. He came in 12th. Cole Custer, well, actually, Kurt Busch came in 13th. Cole Custer, 14th. Matty D, as in Matt DiBattadetto, came in 17th. 17th. Ryan Blaney came in 19th. And William Byron came in 21st. What's it looking like for the playoffs? Right now, Harvick is in. Brad Keselowski is in because both of those guys have won the first two playoff races. Hamlin is in based on points. If you guys recall, he won five races in the regular season, so he's in there already. Joey Logano is still in after playoffs started today. He's in fourth. Martin Truex Jr. fifth. Austin Dillon ow, came in. Well, he's in sixth position. Chase Elliott is in seventh. Alex Bowman, 8th, Kyle Busch, ninth; Eric Amarola, 10th, Kurt Busch, 11th, and Clint Boyer would be in. How about that? Wow. I know somebody was like, he doesn't have a chance in hell. But if the playoffs <laughs> started today, he would be in. Who's out? William Byron is right on the other side of the cutoff. Cole Custer looks like he's donezo if, again, the playoffs started today. Now, Ryan Blaney, who's in 16th, and Maddie D is in 15th. Ryan and Maddie, it looks like they, they're they in win or get in situation. So if they don't win, it's safe to say they're done with the playoffs for 2020. So that is what's going on with the standings. Kenny, since you watched every second of the race, and I'm going <laughs> to admit I did not, because first of all, oh my God, I actually got a little bit confused. I didn't even realize we was racing on Saturday, which I am going to admit, and I'm going to be embarrassed that I'm admitting it, but I am. And then the Lakers was on, and it was something else on. It's like so much TV. And one other thing, shout out to Sunday, because Sunday I'm about to watch Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle (laughs) on Versus, and I'm going to watch Lovecraft County on, I think that's HBO, and then I'm going to watch Power Book on Showtime. And I have a lot of TV to watch. And right now, I'm watching Cam Newton in his debut for the New England Patriots. And I'm going to watch Tom Brady in his debut for the Tompaneers. Kenny's Cam Newton. Tompaneers? Top, top, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, one of those. Okay, so Kenny, what did you think about the race? I know some fans have something to say. You can tell us about Jeff Gluck's poll. I know we also ran our own poll. Mm -hmm. Let us know what's going on. All right, so we obviously were at Richmond, uh, race number two of the 2020 playoffs. And I got to say, for what it was, it was a pretty, I thought it was pretty decent. I'm not going to say it was a greatest show on earth or greatest show on turf since we've talked about football uh in this last few minutes but we didn't get any of that like we we didn't we didn't necessarily get that but we got a pretty solid race i think we had plenty of passing plenty of strategy i think the passing part where people probably don't see it is that they don't see enough on tv so some people may think there isn't enough. And I do wish there was more of the middle of the field shown because a lot of times just like in formula 1 as well that's where the battles happen a lot of times, and sometimes up front it is. But this case, it wasn't, because Brad Kislowski, 
he dominated the show. He was on a roll on Saturday. I don't think there was anybody that was going to come out there and beat him as it was. So that was that. But yeah, I thought the race was was decent for what it was. And going into the Jeff Luck poll, for example, I already knew before he dropped it, it was going to be a ton of no's, mainly because one, I think there was just no expectation for Richmond. And two, the winner always is going to make a difference. I think if Chase won that race, it would have been yes till till the damn meter broke at that point. <laughs> that that's what that would have been, right? But I saw a lot of I, I saw a lot of fans talk about how it was terrible or if it was boring and this and that. And at this point, I have got to ask, what in the hell is it going to take? For it to be something good. Because I think what the problem is with that thought process all the time and constantly every all 36 weeks of the year is that, look, I don't care what sport you watch, whatever it is, whatever your flavor is. I don't care if it's uh, tennis, cricket, soccer. It doesn't matter. Every match isn't going to be a game seven moment or something crazy happening. That's just not realistic. And if it was that way, none of that shit would be special. None of it. <laughs> none of it. <laughs> Nothing would be special at that point. And, I, and, I'm, and I, I say that because it's just like, man, look, I enjoy those big time moments in every sport I've ever watched. Our, in NASCAR, 2011 at Homestead is one of my favorite races I've ever watched in my lifetime. And it was great because it was that season alone was special. And then we got a really special ending to the season. Was that guaranteed as soon as the green flag dropped? No, but we ended up getting it. And that's why it's engraved in a lot of people's memories that are fans at the time, right? And going forward, it's a great ass race. No doubt about it. But my thing is, I just don't know what more can get it done at the sake of it being a great race or a good race, so to speak, because it just doesn't make much sense to me. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about that with fans when it comes to that at this point in time because it it just doesn't it it doesn't make sense. It boggles my mind every single time. Now, has Richmond been everything it used to be back in the day? I don't think so personally. And that's not to not like the race in there at Richmond. That's one of my favorite tracks. It has been my favorite track since I've grown up. But I think what people forget, there's a lot of factors into why we don't necessarily get the bumping and banging that we used to get and all the wrecks that we used to get and a lot of attrition that we used to get at Richmond through 1988 through 2003, there was a sealer on the track. So if you go back and look at any picture at Richmond from that time period, during that 15 year time period, you notice how the pavement is super jet black and it's shiny. There was a reason for that. That made the racing pretty wild. If you saw somebody wrecked there, that's why the smoke looks so big. Or if they burnt, if there was a burnout, the smoke would be yellow because they burned down so much of that sealer. That's what happens at the end. And again, it made drivers pick a lane, whether they want to go high or they want to go low. They had to make a choice and they had to figure out a way how to make which the line better. Typically with that, the line was better at the high lane. Low lane, it was it wasn't that good unless you risked it and you made it work and tore up most of that seal on the bottom so you can make it work. That's what made Richmond pretty crazy. Then on top of that, we've had horsepower be cut. That's been cut quite a few times in the last five years. We're talking from eight hundred and fifty horsepower for quite some time down to seven twenty five in two thousand fifteen. And then you go now, we're sitting at seven fifty. It's a little bit more. That's a tick more, but that's just not gonna make a difference. Like that's just the other thing. If I can't get to somebody 
because I don't have enough horsepower or because I don't have enough drive off the corner, it's just not going to happen. And that's just kind of where we're at. And then on top of that, you can't beat those cars up. The cup cars, you can't do that. An Xfinity car, you can because of a composite body. That's why that's possible in that series versus in the cup series. You just can't tear your stuff up and still have a good day if that makes sense. So you have to think about making sure I take care of my car. That's what you have to do for 400 laps or however, or 300 miles or whatever it is. That's what you have to do. So I, I really do want to know what is the answer for Richmond if or the answer for good racing, quote unquote. I know that's subjective as hell, but still. What is the answer? Because I can't figure it out after watching Richmond, honestly. Well, well, Kenny, uh, and, and not to, to cut you off by any means, but uh, I think part of it, uh, and especially within the last few years, uh, uh, I think, I think a lot of it is not so much what is the answer, but I think, I think a lot of times the weather plays a, a huge part in, in, into how Richmond has played out, uh, because, um, I, 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 I think just, just that part of the, just that part of the country where where Richmond is, the the weather is so unpredictable. I think the weather has a lot to do with that. Am, am I am I wrong, Tim? Well, honestly, I'm not going to say yay or nay to that, but I will kind of go back to Kenny's question about what's a good race. Yeah, right. I just think NASCAR has changed so much and. You got to think about it. Like real talk, races are exciting, but they're not. And I know that's like, what? But for somebody who likes to see accidents and some banging and, you know, that type of stuff, we don't have very much of that except at the super speedways. And to be quite frank, now that we've gone to tapered spacers as opposed to restrictor place, we don't even really see that much of any type of, you know, we always have the big one at the super speed race, right, but right. we don't have a lot of, you know, accidents and stuff. So for somebody like a Kenny, and I'll just use Kenny as an example, Kenny is passionate about NASCAR mm-hmm. and he understands downforce and you know, everything from tires, everything. So for him, it's like, okay, racing was all right. But for somebody who's not as vested into all that, they're like, what? I just watched some cars go in a So circle. you're saying a casual fan, Tam, then? Well, not because you, you have some people that are super fans, but may not understand all the aerodynamic stuff. Right. That is correct. So I don't want to dismiss somebody as a casual fan fan because they don't understand all the tech technical aerodynamic stuff but let's just face it nascar is not what it used to be it's not that it's a bad product but two you think about are you vested in cole custer do you care much about eric amarola no, I'm being honest no, Tim, uh, these are not my own opinions I'm just throwing that out there right so there's no Dale Jr. There's no smoke. And speaking of Dale Jr., what I will do is I'll read a quote. Kenny actually sent me an article about Richmond. And this article is like from 2015 or 2016. And in it, Dale Jr. is quoted as saying, it's a slick racetrack, but it's fun. The asphalt is kind of worn and aged. So we'll be flying around and trying to find the grip. That was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's what happened Saturday? I don't know. 
I just feel, and this is also to answer your question, Renee, talking about weather. Weather does play somewhat of a role in this situation. Like for me, I think daytime racing at Richmond is a thousand times better than racing at night. Do the cars look cool as hell under the lights? hundred percent. But the product to me is always going to end up being better during the daytime because it's so hot, especially given this time of the year, you've got a hot track and that's what makes people move up and down and go, go around and be able to pass one another. That's how we had Carl Edwards beat Kyle Busch in the spring that one year. That's how stuff like that happens. And I'm not saying that day was the hottest in the world, but it was warm enough to create that to happen. I think that's what Dale was referring to. And and even for his case, his wins that he had at Richmond, for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, all came during the time when NASCAR used to seal the track up, whether it was a Xfinity race or a cup race. That's where he used to win there with no problem. And a lot of drivers that used to be dominant there used to do that. So let me add one other quote to that. And this is actually not from Dale Jr., but this is from Rusty Wallace. When I came into NASCAR, it was always Sundays, bright, sunny. Everyone saw the cars gleaming under the sunshine. It was a NASCAR tradition, said NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace, the last winner of a scheduled Sunday race at Richmond, March 2nd, 1997. There's just something about being under the bright sunshine that seems right to me. Now, again, remember this article was written in 2016, I believe. Correct. Right. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So April 2016. So. Well, I, I, you know, Tim, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to add on something that you, you said a few minutes ago as well. And this is completely right on the, I mean, just right on the head. You're right. The, the, the NASCAR is not what it used to be in the sense of the drivers that we had. And I think that makes a big difference too, as well. And Kenny, I think you would agree. Because uh, I think you know uh, drivers just as much as as, as Tam and I do. But uh, I mean, if you look at if you look at what we're dealing with in NASCAR right now, Tam is right. Look who we have as far as uh, drivers are concerned. It, when she when she said we have Cole Custer, we have Eric Amarola, we have uh, William Byron, we have Eric Jones. This is not the same. It's not the same when you look back and you look. We had smoke. We had Bobby Labonte. We had Dale a senior. We had guys that, that Rusty Wallace. We had drivers that did anything and everything that they could because they wanted to win. The drivers are just different now. They're younger. They're, 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 they have a different mentality of how they're going to go about winning. Whereas compared to older drivers that we had back in the day, their, their philosophy was different. Their mentality was different. Um, and, and I think that plays a big part in how we look at, at, at how the races are today as well. On that note, I know this is probably not where the conversation was supposed to be going, but I, as I was listening to Renee speak, something popped into my mind and I'll just pick one driver. Would you consider William Byron a Willman? People are like, hmm. Tony Stewart, that's a Willman. Yeah. Like he can drive anything. Now, obviously, the definition will change depending on what you consider a willman. But Kenny, would you consider William Byron a willman? No, I gotta say that's for some other people there in the field. Not that he's bad, but it's just like and that's to my he ain't at that level yet. Now, would you consider Kyle Busch a willman? Absolutely, no yeah. question. Okay. Uh, yeah, without a question, Tam, I'm gonna go with that too as well. 
hopefully you guys kind of understand my point as to what we're working with now in NASCAR. And no disrespect to William Byron, I just threw his name out there. But I can ask the same question about Eric Amarola or Brad Keselowski. Would you consider Brad Keselowski a Wilman? Now, I I think I'm on the fence with Brad Keselowski because I think I I, I think he could. I think he could, but then there's part of me that I think he can't. I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know. What do you think, Kenny? That's a NASCAR champion. I can't say no more than that. Yeah, that's true, too. There you go. Yeah, there you but go. But to me, it's not even about championship. I look at the fact that, to me, Brad Keselowski's knowledge from a engineer standpoint, although I know it. he's not an engineer, but, but he's very knowledgeable he can, about it. Yeah, he's like a Kurt Busch. As well as a Ryan Newman yeah. in that respect. Like, I think they could probably build their own cars. And, and here's another thing that we have to think about as well. And, and I think our listeners will, will, will understand this as well. That, that this season has been, uh, and, and, and the fact that it's 2020 goes without saying, but this season itself <laughs> has just been weird because let's, let, let's take a look at, at somebody that Tam just brought up. Kyle Bush has not had the same season that are, are the same year that he, that we're used to seeing him have. He's just not been there. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, there's another guy who he's, he's done better than Kyle Bush, but still not on a Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven time level. Um, you know, even, even Logano probably really hasn't had maybe, uh, uh, the season that, that we're used to seeing him have. So, so you, we, we take all of these guys for granted and we take all of these guys, uh, uh, all of their, their personalities to, uh, 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 if I may. And we take them for granted because now we look at the season that we've had, it hasn't been up to what I think uh, NASCAR fans ha- are expected to see. And am, am I wrong, Kenny, or, or would you agree with that in some kind of way? I can say to some degree, yeah, because this season has been a has been obviously a diamond. Does it's, it's been it's been crazy because it's not it hasn't been down to the point of everything is normal. There's no practice. There's no X, Y, and Z. It's been pretty much just straight up. You get in the car, you better hope like hell. Yeah. It rolls off, off the truck fast as can be. Like there's no, there's no tweaking it or anything. And just to look at Kyle Busch, for example, like, like Dale Earnhardt, right? His season after winning back to back, he didn't, he didn't, he finished in the top 10 at points, but he didn't win a championship. The next season, he goes and wins back to back again, <laughs> which was the same, which I believe that was 96. And that was his seventh and final championship. And you would think like, oh, man, this dude is falling off a damn cliff. Even if it was finishing seventh in points that year before this happening, uh, before those two years happening, like you would think like, damn, he ain't no good no more. I don't know what's going on. But look, it happens to the best of them. So like, I don't me personally, I don't take Kyle Bush's like bad in quote bad season too too much limps i really don't if this happened like four or five times in a row i'd be like okay there must be something wrong but one year can't won't make me shift like my mindset of who kyle bush is to me no definitely not i definitely agree with that and kenny i I will be safe to say tam and kenny that i expect what kyle bush has done this season not to return in 2020 21 because i guarantee you i can totally see kyle bush turning that around uh, next year in a hurry. It's just crazy because looking at Jimmy Johnson's situation, you know, they always say father time is undefeated, but father time, I feel like has nothing to do with 
Jimmy, who is maybe 42, 43, and he's driving. But at the same token, is it father time? Like, what the hell happened? He fell off a cliff. Like, everybody says that Tom Brady is going to fall off a cliff at some point. (laughs) People said LeBron James was falling off the cliff. Although it's like, shoot, he still, I don't know if you guys saw where he got up there for that dunk. His hand was all the way up, almost touching the top of the backboard. I thought he almost touched the top of the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you're like, what, like, what happened? Kyle Bush, I'm not quite sure what's going on with Kyle Bush, but I don't think that he's about to fall off a cliff. Now with Matt, Kurt Busch is has been around a long time too, and he's always still around. And I can't imagine no no disrespect to Kurt Busch, you guys, but Tam Kenny, I think Kyle Busch is a is just a, a a tad bit more talented as a driver than his brother Kurt. Oh well, no doubt yeah. he knows so, his little so brother let me is tell you, If Kurt Busch is still there, I can almost guarantee that Kyle Busch is is just down for for a bounce back next year. Yeah. No doubt. I was going to say something about Matt. Oh, Matt Kenseth. Yep. <sighs> Matt is not actually doing terrible, though. No. He's just become a middle-of-the-pack driver. He's still the silent and... assassin. No, I, I think I'm going to have to retire <laughs> Matt. Because <laughs> he ain't assassinating nobody yeah, these do. days. But it's just weird because you think, like, if he was in better equipment, would things be different? Yeah, that's true. So, too. on that note, All right. this podcast is going to be a little bit longer oh, my than goodness. we have in the past. Uh-oh. Good but discussion, though. No, I'm, I'm having fun. I hope our listeners are having yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm having fun. Yeah, we have a different energy today. Yeah, we definitely um, don't really want to talk about Bubba, so I will just mention that Bubba decided not to come back to Richard Petty. Obviously, you guys all know. Now, the real question is, where is he going? Is he going to the number 42? Or is he going to be in the Jimmy John? What's Jimmy John? The or yeah, if, 48. Or is he going to be in the 48? And what other options? I guess I feel like those are his really only two options because he coming to the table <laughs> with money. I think so, too, so, Tim. I think you're right. He's probably being recruited. By both of those teams. That's at funny. At this point. Yeah. You don't think so? No, I do. Cause I mean, he's got the money to come along with him. So that won't be an issue. That won't be a problem at all. But I think it's probably down to the 42 and the 48. I have no idea if the 14, for example, and Stuart Haas, I know that sounds wild cause nobody's ever rarely mentioned it, but I think that may be kind of up in the air nobody knows exactly if clint's coming back or he hasn't signed for another year so maybe i don't don't know i don't know that's a possibility but that's just a guess of mine yeah i'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that that would be a good situation but it would be disastrous bubba's attitude in that no 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 but hey chevy loves him so that should say that should say it right there here's the thing I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that I know my attitude when I was younger and it wasn't suitable for certain jobs and to work with certain people. That makes sense. He's changed a lot and he's learned a lot of hard lessons. But do you really see him coexisting at Stuart Haas? Like, think about the attitudes that are there from, you know, 
that team organization. God, man, that's a tough. You're not now. dealing I, with I, a that's Joe. That's a good point. No, that's a good that point. That's a very good point. That's, and, that's uh, a valid point. Well, no, oh, okay. Let's look at it for what it is. Joe Gibbs is very religious and very positive, and you know he he's a happy type of, mm-hmm. of man. I, I don't know how else Tim, to say it, but I'm just right saying, there, yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and it's different. Different personalities should not mix. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that I makes agree. sense. I agree. Yeah. There's no no doubt. Of course, just throwing that out there. But realistically, I do think it's probably the 42 and the 48. That's my call for now. I think it would be an awesome situation in terms of being in a car that we know he can produce in. If he was in the 14, but I'm just looking at the bigger picture in terms of personality meshes. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but hey. That's a fair point. It makes it, that stuff does make a difference. (laughs) So what else do, okay. And I'll just say, could you imagine him being teammates with Harvick? (laughs) And him and Eric are probably get along because Eric's interesting, but. Who else is on that team? Talking about Custer. Yeah, Custer. Cole is. Custer. Oh, I forgot it. I've yeah. been forgetting about Cole Custer. Yeah. He might get along yeah. with Cole it Custer. Could be, it could be interesting. Okay, yeah. what is left to talk about? Oh, I'm not sure. Auto Club. I don't know. We. Oh, yeah, that's right. The what? Auto Club. They're trying to change that stuff into oh, a short yeah. track. I, I don't like the Auto Club, so it needs to be reconstructed. I... You know, it's our home track, but it's not my favorite track. Yeah, I'm gonna comment. I'm gonna comment on that real quick too, Kenny uh, and Tam. Um, it, it's our home track. Me and Tam love going there. It, it, as far as like, it's close to where we live, and uh, it's uh, obviously you know, it's, it's obviously uh, it's accessible to us, but. It's not my favorite either. And Tam, I have to agree with you. Uh, like, I love it. You know, don't get me wrong, but uh, they they definitely have. To reconstruct that, I don't know if making it into a short track is the answer, but they definitely got to do something with it. What I don't like is the infield, like the the sweet boxes. Like I feel like they need to build up. It's so old looking, especially like when you go to Las Vegas and you're like, Las Vegas is a nice media center. Everything's really nice. Like I feel like, actually, you know what the Auto Club feels like? It feels like high school. It feels like an old high school built in the 70s, or maybe that's the 60s. I don't know. But it just doesn't have a luxurious feel for it to be outside of Los Angeles. But yeah, I don't know. Do we need another short track? Will Hell it yeah. attract more fans? <laughs> I just feel like people on this end of the world don't really care. And when I say this end, mm. I'm talking about on the West Coast. And, and again, before you say anything, Kenny, I'm just telling you as I don't think I've missed a race at the auto club in the last 10 years. The stands are never full. So maybe this will get fans out. I'm not sure, but they're not, it's not that they're just not full. They're empty. Like it's the only place. First of all, you go to the van zone and it's like, actually, now that I think about it, the fan zone, maybe I'm missing something, but. I never see any driver appearances in that fan song, but maybe I'm I'm missing some part of the track that I don't is, go is to. Is this because of COVID, or is this even before pre-COVID? 
No, no, no. I'm talking. No, Renee, there hasn't been any racist since oh. COVID. I'm oh, talking okay. about just in general. Oh, okay. You know, I'm, over I'm there when, yeah. when we right, go right, to right. the King Tacos. Oh, yeah, that's right. Know, that's right. You're, you are correct. It's very like, it's just not a, a fan zone feeling. Yeah, but then I'm true. like, maybe we're not actually going to the full part of the fan zone. Yeah, because I'm we not get there. sure. We, we, but... we, we'll, uh, honestly, we get there kind of late before that all happens, really. You get there well, late. Get I'm there. Late. there. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you all, you okay, get there not, when the race is I, about to start. I want to tell all our listeners, you're right. Okay, now I agree with that. I get there late. Tam is on there on time. <laughs> yeah, I'm there in the morning because I don't like to deal with the traffic. But yeah. So any event, so those are my thoughts. So Kenny, you think we need another short track and that it is going to be fab tabulous? And I said fab tabulous. Yeah. All right. No, I, I mean. It's the that's the thing though. That's the the one thing like people have asked for for a long time. So I say, why not change it? Honestly, go for it and do something different. I don't know the con, you know, the, what the confines of how everything's going to work on the inside of the track and what they're going to redo. I have no idea. None of that's necessarily out yet. But I'm all for it. I mean, in a way, I'm like kind of sad because Auto Club was one of my favorite tracks, especially once it got older. At least the pavement did, not necessarily all the other luxuries, but the pavement got older. It made the racing better. And that was what you had pointed out to. And I was reading an article before this. And back in 2004, I believe, or 2005, when they used to race in the day on the spring day and in the fall, they used to race at night. That was the title of the article. It was talking about how fans weren't really filling it out. But once they switched to just having one date, that did them a little bit better. I'm not saying it did the world's, you know, the world's greatest thing in the world for them, but it did much better because of demand. But I think giving it a short track and given California's history of short tracks, how it used to be in the 80s and the 90s, I don't think this is a bad thing to do. I mean, hell, everyone wants change. I mean, to or mix something up or do something different with the schedule. Hell, that'll do it right there. I don't know. I don't know what the other answer is, but that's all I got. So I'm excited for 2022 for that one. Here we go. Well, we shall see. I know Kyle Bush has some choice words about it. If you want to know what he had to say, head over to our Twitter account. Our user is Turns No Breaks, and you can see the video. And we got to do better with Instagram. We just got to do better. So for all the people who are listening, we promise that we will do better. I'm not saying it'll be this year, but if we come back for another season, we will do better in terms of posting on social media and things like that. Because I feel like, you know, and this is just coming from the heart. I feel like the last month or two, or maybe because of COVID when we came back, I just feel like we're not as connected. Like we haven't even did any NASCAR talks this, um, since I guess you want to call it the restart of the season. Yeah. I promise we will get better because we love NASCAR just as much as you guys. It may not seem like that because we're a little burnt, but you know, not that everyone doesn't have a life, but you guys know Renee and I are super, super, super busy. I also have another podcast that I am posting and doing shows for every day. And Kenny works for the governing sanctioned body so he has things going on so it's just a lot so i just wanted to say that to you guys so on that note it is time for some quick predictions it's time for grace predictions renee who you got 
Okay, straight to the point. This is who I got. I am going to go with my man, Denny Hamlin. I think it's time for Denny Hamlin just to come in and show what he's been doing all year long, just like Harvick. But I, I see my man, uh, Denny Hamlin coming through and being in victory lane this weekend. And for my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with, um, I, I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know why, but I'm feeling Chase Elliott. Uh, the, he could pull this out as a winner, but Denny Hamlin is my winner, number 11 in victory lane. And my alternative pick is Chase Elliott. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. My man, Kenny, what say you? All right. Rolling up Bristol, straight to the point. Blue Oval, my pick, Joey Logano, my alternative pick, Bowtie, Chase Elliott. Simple as that. What say you, Miss Tam? Okay. As you were talking about Bristol and Chase, and I was thinking, <laughs> wow, the last time that I was at Bristol, it was because I was there with Kelly Blue Book. Shouts out to Kelly Blue Book. I am going to pick Chase as my alternative at Bristol. I am actually going to go with Denny Hamlin because you guys already knew that. Denny Hamlin is going to bang them up and push them out the way for the win at Bristol. Those are my picks. And that is the end of the show. <laughs> yes, that's right. That is the end of the show. As Tam says, if you want your picks and you want to let us know who your picks are, hit us up on our social media. Like Tam says, across the board at Turns No Breaks for Tam, myself, my man, Kenny. Enjoy football weekend. Enjoy whatever team that you love. I hope your team wins. I hope your driver wins. Thank you for listening to All Turns No Breaks. We'll see you next week here on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Bye. <laughs> you almost said it before. <laughs> see y'all. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. 